Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and this is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. And I think I've told you about my interest in the past year of actually expanding my focus from mental illness to what it is that makes us well. And through my journey, I have been so unbelievably delighted to meet Kathleen Birkins as a nurse, teacher, and health coach, Kathleen has helped many people influence their future selves, helping them manifest health, joy, and fulfillment. And she has a history that I want to share with you today. It's lovely to be here. I think I have been more fascinated by your story and what happened with your own transformation in terms of how you view health than any other person on our podcast. So go back as far as you'd like. Where do you begin with what happened in your career to shift your thinking around what is health? Wow, that's a lovely, I get like chills when you ask that question. Um, Sheila, first of all, it's my delight to have met you and to share this experience. And for anyone listening, I'm delighted to share my story because I think many of you probably have similar stories out there. And also I feel that it's coming to a time right now, what we're in after COVID, where we're asking more critical questions, right? We're getting down to like, okay, we've been taught a lot about what we should do when we don't feel well. But like, what about when we want to feel well? Honestly, I think my story really began as a child and I've kind of felt like a foreigner on this planet. (laughs) Tell me your first memories of that feeling. I'm fascinated by you saying that. I was in a loving family, very loving, Um, but I I was in a world that was quite chaotic Mm -hmm. and I was the eldest of six children and a very large Catholic you know, Irish, Italian, we have everything. We're we're like mutts, right? But we have all this in our family, but it was just very chaotic. I felt like I was different on some level. I could see things and I could feel things and there were no words for that. Wow. And I felt like being well, if you said, oh, Kathleen, did you feel well as a child? I felt nervous. I felt like, oh, my goodness, every time, you know, it was the 1960s, my uncle would call. He had to um, be drafted in the Vietnam War. My parents were political activists. They wanted to help the world. But there were so many discussions around war and around poverty and around all these things all over the planet in my own home. We were definitely upper middle class, but we it was still a consciousness that we were, we had to care for the other and the other was not okay. Wow. And of course, yeah. And when my mother um, worked for Cesar Chavez and she was working, she was helping people try to help the farm workers who were very much treated unfairly. It was before they had a union and they were trying to help them get rights and uh, many were illegal. There were so many stories around it. She was uh, having us boycott grapes <laughs> in the 1960s. So while other people were having tennis lessons. I was picketing. I was out there trying to help people understand about these farm workers that I, in my heart, felt very bad for, of course, because I had met many of them. And it just didn't feel fair. It, it didn't feel happy. I know this sounds crazy, but we all have our own stories. In my second grade class, I had a friend and he died of cancer. 
but I was watching him the whole year very innocently because I didn't know he was going to die, lose his hair, uh, go through everything. And then at the end of the year, he was just not there. And then I went to the teacher and then she said, yeah, I'm so sorry, but um, he's passed. And it was like, oh gosh, like that didn't feel very safe or young. So there were so many things like that in my childhood. And I write about that. I'm going to be putting out a book in the next year to explain why, how all of our experiences, they help form us. And especially in the first seven years of life, we are very vulnerable. And I definitely felt vulnerable. And I felt vulnerable for all the people I met and including my siblings and my parents. So I think we can relate, right? to this. I, I can. And I, I can especially relate your awareness, your higher consciousness about what you were seeing. I can relate that to what young people tell me they're experiencing today, because they're so turned on from the time they're very young. They're getting all the messaging about how the world is unstable and unsafe. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, in some ways, Kathleen, you are a mirror image of the anxiety that young people say they're coping with today because you're so aware. You were so aware even as a kid. We need to have that consciousness. We can't change something we don't understand and we're not aware of, right? So you were probably one of those high-performing, very perfectionistic kids who was really good at school. You go in, how did you decide to become a registered nurse? My father, this is such a crazy story. My father got this invitation to Walter Reed Hospital Medical Center. They were Right, they were across the street. We lived in Washington, D.C., and it was a beautiful new hospital. And we had gone through like three years of when they were building it because we lived right there. And then they invited us to the opening. I was like 14, 15, and I said to my dad, um, Wow, can I go with you? I'm just I'm just curious what that looks like. I don't know. I had like a longing to go there. And he said, Sure. And so he and I, we went to the opening. And as I was going through the halls of this hospital, and I got a feeling like information flooding in, you need to work here. This is your path. Look, I was 14, 15. I had no clue what was happening because I was like, okay, I need to work in a hospital. Okay, this is your path. <laughs> I was immediately interested. So I was interested in psychology and health and wellness and education and biology. I love the body. And so I got my first degree. In the end, I think I changed it a 100 times, but it was very heavy on biology. And in the end, because I went from psychology to biology, and then the end, I, I was in health education. And then I graduated, but it wasn't enough. I remember someone saying to me, well, you can go get your master's in biology. But it was like, ew, no. I'm not a lab person. That would be like nothing for me. So I remember thinking at that time, oh my gosh, I have to work with people. And I probably could be a doctor like really easy. Like it's really easy for me to give orders as the oldest child. But what would it be like? What would it be like to be a nurse? That sounds challenging for me. Yeah. Because uh -huh. you're in the middle, right? You're not like just giving orders. And giving orders really would be easy. That was not going to yeah. wasn't going to be the path this time. It's almost like I had done it before a million times. So I'm not going to, not a million, but a lot. So I wasn't going to do that. So I decided to be a nurse. I remember just calling Georgetown up and they were like, wow, you did really well. They're like, sure, we need students. Come in. And they just accepted me. It was like the door just went like, boom. And then I graduated two years later, started working as a nurse. And that's a whole 12-year history. 
I do want to talk about that history, though, because I think it must be somewhat similar to what I've encountered dealing with people who are providing care for the mentally ill. There is a way that you feel like, couldn't we have done something before they got here? Couldn't we (laughs) have made a change or helped them in their lives upstream of all of this disaster? You are so right. Was was that your experience? My experience was like, very naive. So I graduate at that time. See, nursing either has too many openings or not enough. When I graduated, like it was full. So they were like, well, you'll be lucky to get anything. So I get a call. Oh, we want you in a step down med surge unit for cancer. I was like, okay, it'll be okay. Right. I can handle this. So I go there the first week and I'm in shock. Everyone had lost their tongues, their throats, their eyes, their noses. I mean, it was, oh my God, it was shocking. Mm. So I just couldn't believe every day that first month, we would get new patients of maybe 15 a day, new cancer patients in that area of their head and neck. And I was thinking to myself, how is this possible? How is it possible that all these people have gotten cancer? And then their whole life would change. Mm. And then they couldn't speak. They couldn't breathe. They couldn't talk. They couldn't see. And I'm thinking, wow, they're still there. They can't communicate with me. I have to do everything for them. I have to be there. I have to help them with their voice. I have to help them with their airway. And yet they're still there. The soul is still there. And how do I help that soul that's Mm -hmm. suffering so much? And it went on for over two years. And then I ended up transferring to like high risk labor and delivery. But your question is this, should we be doing something beforehand? We should absolutely be doing something beforehand. And the thing is, It's just gotten worse. When did you get clarity that by beginning this institute, the wellness revolution, a wellness revolution, and actually training other people to become health and wellness coaches was one way that we could put more (laughs) registered nurses into a system that actually does care for people upstream of crisis? The truth is, I couldn't say it was a clear shot, like, oh, I'm going to do this. I definitely loved to teach. Even when I was a nurse, I I loved to teach. So that was not an issue. But I think when I came to the Netherlands, I started to heal on a very deep level here because I had time because I left my work Mm. after 12 years of teaching and nursing. Mm. And I came here to the Netherlands because my husband was going in a family business. I had two children at the time. I know I had three. While I had these two kids, I mean, it sounds like I had a break, but of course we know that having two kids is also busy. So I was like in almost a burnout Mm. and I was healing. They're they're at a point of a burnout. What does that look like? You're fatigued. Mm -hmm. You have headaches. You Mm. don't feel like optimal when you wake up in the morning. (laughs) You're like, oh, do I have to do this again? (laughs) Well, and it's so true that that kind of distance from one's own life is probably the biggest hallmark of burnout, right? That feeling like I have no attachment. I have no passion. (laughs) I have nothing for the life I'm living. It's scary. Exactly. So I was sitting in the Netherlands and I would remember, I don't have to go to work. Oh my goodness. I have like, what can I do for 10 years? I had another child, I raised three children, and I studied. So I read books, I took courses, I I started to heal with many practitioners, which they were very progressive and integrative. And they were shocking me because I was like, how do you know that? And 
wow. And I actually felt lighter and things were healing and deeply and fears were coming up that I had that I didn't even know or I wasn't conscious. And so it was quite a journey. Those 10 years from 1997 to 2007, eight, I didn't have a job. It's all, it's almost like you were doing the deepest work necessary to create yes. something as bold and beautiful as you've created today. So yeah. talk to me about what a wellness revolution is. Sure. During my studying, I came across new sciences. I was fascinated with how the body, mind, and spirit connection worked. I was learning about it, and I was also experiencing it. And I was awakening to who I was and to what was happening in the world and what an amazing time on the planet we're in. Mm -hmm. Because you can be whatever you want and you can look at it however you want, whatever glasses you want to wear. But the truth is how we choose to look at our life is everything. This is an opportunity. I asked questions like, why? Who mm -hmm. am I? Why am I here? And mm -hmm. why, what is happening on this earth? And why are people suffering so much? So I went all around the Netherlands and then I decided to go around Ireland. And then I decided to go around the United States and teach for many years. You know, the thing is I had learned the power of two things in those 10 years, food, mm -hmm. nutrition, supplements, and emotional healing. Mm -hmm. So I was going through all this and I was like, it wasn't just one thing. I wish I could say it was one clear thing, but because it wasn't one clear thing, I realized health and wellness were about many things. Mm. How are we really going to help humanity heal? It's too much suffering. I think we have to speed this up. Yeah. And one thing we need is one-on-one -on -one care. Right. Instead of taking care of them when they're at their sickest and helping them just be able to accommodate the suffering, you're actually doing what we talked about, yeah. getting upstream, getting ahead of the worst problems, making them whole, whole in terms of mind, body, spirit. Okay. It's wonderful. So and now the current iteration of a wellness revolution is that you have all these hundreds, now thousands of people who well, are getting trained as coaches to go out into the world and spread this message of whole body, mind, spirit, wellness. Yeah, I think what happened was at a certain point, I started to write a course and within a year, it was obvious that it needed to be one-on-one -on -one coaching mm -hmm. um, because the only way we can help someone transform is by listening and helping and the person themselves doing the work. Mm -hmm. So I realized that that's, the only way forward in the future as people are losing jobs, robots are coming, they yeah. have to transform, they have to adapt. Uh, we need a lot of one-on-one -on -one care. So yeah. it, it became clear that that was going to be the direction it took. It was very fast. The coursework is so well organized. The back office is so professional. The support is I guess I'm not surprised because of the power of actually listening to these influences in our lives, you know, but yeah. from where I stand evaluating all of it, I'm shocked that it came to you that easily. I'm, I'm yes. just, I'm blown away. <laughs> it looks yes. like you had like a Harvard business team on creating the entire thing. Once I made the choice to step in, it just started showing up. It was the most magical experience that I've ever had. And when I least thought, when I thought, oh my goodness, it's not going to happen, then something would happen like COVID. 
where I could spend hours writing the national board and working with my team. And I did get a professional team. I had been working with this team of all practitioners for already some of them 15 years. Can you imagine? It was an amazing experience with all these very high light professionals Mm. and they were Dutch, every one of them, except Mm. for one. I think it it might say something too about where people are healthier. <laughs> so that's my own bias. Funny, you know? Well, one of the things that I wanted to touch on why people might consider coaching. Okay. I will say from my point of view as a mental health um, reporter and a person who's studied this field for 12 years, I know in mental health, there is a huge crisis with access to care. People can't get this kind of one-on-one care you're talking about. And so I feel like we need to have more coaches available just to help people learn to help themselves. But how do you see it in terms of why a person should consider coaching? I can answer that two ways. The first thing I can say is that if people had coaching skills in their life and learning coaching skills is about, in the end, you coach yourself. As you're learning this, you're asking yourself critical questions, which helps you you transform. Mm-hmm. And actually, your clients along the way are always attracted to you based on where you're at in your self-development. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, the first part of the question is, what do I say to that? I say, we could all use coaching skills to be more effective in our life, yeah. more effective with our relationships more effective with where we want to go and manifest. Okay. Mm. The second part of that question is who takes the course, who would be interested, who Mm. has been interested. Mm. I have had everyone from moms who just wanted to improve the health of their family Mm. to professors, to doctors. And now we have a lot of PhDs, but it's not about the title. They come in different waves. But one year I had all people during COVID that left their business like top jobs in business. They were fed up and they all had high blood pressure. They, yeah, they all right. had issues. <laughs> they want to not only survive, but thrive, right? Yeah, they were, yeah. They, that group was quite interesting because they were really good at starting their own business because they yeah. were in business. That was very interesting. Yeah, that that um, term that's so uh, applicable to how people feel in the United States, they're languishing and they want to go from languishing to thriving. That's probably like all of us felt a little like we were languishing. It sounds like, yeah. except for you <laughs> during no. COVID, because you were, you were like on your mission at that point. I'm so struck by just how much broader our conversations are going to be able to be here on this podcast with you as a team member, yeah. mostly because we can go through things like the science of our bodies, how our cells connect, what it means to actually digest our foods and what it means to digest the world around us. We can look at our spirituality and what it means for our health. And I love our team of doctors, but if I asked some of these questions of the rest of my doctors, they would probably think I was crazy. (laughs) So I am super excited to have you here, Kathleen. And I know that we'll have so many people who will will bring to the podcast because of your influence. Oh, thank you, Sheila.